Good morning, everyone. It's Saturday, December 12th, time for episode 44 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Hope everyone is having a great holiday season thus far. Uh, it's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Twitter. It, it's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, I think this is an appropriate time um, to record this episode. I usually would have recorded in the middle of the week, um, towards the end of the week. Um, but since it's Saturday, uh, we're going into week 15 of college football. We'll kind of talk a little bit about week 15, recap week 14, some news and notes, and a teeny bit of college basketball. So on the news and notes, let's start off with uh, some college football hires. So South Carolina hired a new head coach. That would be one Shane Beamer. He is currently, I believe, the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Um, he is the 43-year-old son of Hall of Fame coach Frank Beamer. So he played for his dad at Virginia Tech. And, I mean, the history goes back a little further. He um, was a sideline helper for his for his dad. Uh, he used to, there's a picture on the article of ESPN. He would hold his headphone cord because this is back in the day before wireless headphones. And, you know, uh, Frank Beamer and his wife shared some really uh, great stories about their son um, you know, kind of growing up in football, growing up around football. He would practice holding the cord for his dad in the garage and then he would go and do it uh, uh, at Tech. Um, he was he does have history in South Carolina. He was a former assistant under Steve Spurrier. So he's coming back to Columbia. I believe his, I think his children were born in Columbia. So. Um, you know, congratulations to Coach Beamer. It says sounds fun to say Coach Beamer, but uh, I've seen the T-shirts Beamer Ball 2.0, which is really funny. But um, that's a great hire for them, and you know, hopefully South Carolina is on that track to kind of getting back into um, the SEC and um, just kind of getting back into the SEC race, the relevancy that they had, and um, you know, it's it's weird how. When Steve Spurrier leaves a program, that program tends to just take a nosedive. I mean, if you're old enough to remember that at one time, I mean, prior to now, Duke football was very, very good. And that was Steve Spurrier. When Spurrier left, um, uh, when I think it was like 80, 89, 88, when he left Duke, Duke went downhill for a number of years. They've rebounded quite nicely. Um um in this current era um and now um they're trying to get back on on track with shane beamer vanderbilt is looking for a new head coach so about three weeks ago they uh dismissed uh derrick mason he was 0-8 this season so i think i talked about you know derrick mason being i believe the only black head coach in the sec his boss candace story lee um one of i think two or three black ad's in america three yes um and you know, had the the unfortunate um job of having to let him go um so Derek mason was what six seasons 27 55 two bowl games two bowl appearances um and even with his overall record he was the sixth that's right the sixth winningest coach in vanderbilt history um, so in their game today, their offensive coordinator, Todd Fitch, will be the interim coach. So I'll talk, I'll talk about their matchup uh, in a moment. Um, let's look back at uh, week, actually not week 14. Actually, first, I want to talk about ACC revamping their COVID protocols. So if you've been following along with a lot of the cancellations, you may not have really 
you probably knew about the Florida State Clemson uh, cancellation. I talked about it here, made big news. Um, so then the following week, they were to play Virginia. So there was another COVID cancellation. The week after that, so that was, I think last week, they were supposed to play my no Duke. They're supposed to play Duke, and that game got canceled. So Duke and Miami ended up playing. So Florida State had three, three straight COVID cancellations. Um, the ACC wanted Virginia to make up that game and play uh, on the same day, which will be December 19th, which would be the championship Saturday. They wanted them to go back to Tallahassee to play uh, Florida State. UVA head coach Bronco Mendenhall told ACC that he, his team will not return to Tallahassee to play the makeup game. In so many words, Coach Mendenhall basically said, look, it does not provide value to the program. Um, it essentially, you know, I guess in so many words, it puts the team in at risk, considering Virginia has you know, had very few positives. Um, they made it through fall camp with, um, I don't, they made it through fall camp with no positives. They did an outstanding job of keeping the, the players safe. Um, and then after that cancellation, because Virginia had to go to Tallahassee, they were preparing to play the game. The game got canceled, so had to get back on the plane, come out to Charlottesville. So essentially, Coach Mendenhall consulted with uh, his medical staff, consulted with his athletic director, and they talked to the ACC. And they looked at protocols in other sports, and they noted that other sports could test within a shorter time window. So in other words, they could test in enough time to where you got your test results prior to if you had a road game you could get your test results prior to going to another another state so con, uh, looking at all the information they consulted with acc and they got the acc to change the testing protocols for football um based upon this information because again you know um uh it says a lot when one program can have canceled three straight games. Now you could potentially make the argument that if you don't have enough players, then that should be a forfeit. I don't know what the I don't know what the rules are in this era of football, but under normal circumstances, that would be the case. But having three straight um, games canceled due to COVID, that is saying a lot. And it's not good. I mean, again, we know that Florida State is a, is a program that is trying to rebound. Um, they're trying to, you know, get back on the right track under Mike Norvell. And, and Mike Norvell has been very apologetic um, throughout this process. Um, as you recall me talking about um, Dabble Sweeney, you know, when they canceled against Clemson, he was very upset. He accused Florida State of not wanting to play them, which I thought was just classless. It was just, I mean, come on, we're in the middle of pandemic dude get it together i mean you're going to get your championship regardless so one game of florida state isn't going to kill you isn't going to kill your season but you know say grow up um so that's very good news for the acc um you know kind of moving forward you know in 2021 you know i'd be interested to kind of look at and think about you know what the sports landscape looks like next year and over the next few years because we don't know what's going to happen you know we want certain things to happen as far as you know trying to get the disease numbers down to an endemic level or a level to where there's very few to no cases but the way forward 
is going to be much more difficult in this current political climate. So, I, you know, that's something I hope to look at and address as we enter into the new year as the podcast goes into season two very soon. I am uh, about 29 days away from actually the first anniversary of this podcast. So the first episode of this podcast dropped January 11th of this year. So in 2021, we hope to enter season two, kind of looking at some of these, um, some of these issues and, uh, you know, kind of celebrating a new year and hopefully a lot of new things was podcast, but, uh, we'll kind of leave, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. Hopefully, um, there'll be some good stuff to kind of think about because we, you know, let's face it, you know, the pandemic has not let up here. It's let up in other countries, but it's not let up here. And, you know, if you think about it, I think we all know why. All right, let's do the week 14 recap. So last week, I found my notes here last week. What did I have on my notes? Last week, I picked 11 games. I was seven and four. Um, let's see the teams who won. Uh, Washington, Utah, UCLA, and, and Coastal Carolina. That Coastal BYU game was good. That was a great ending. Uh, BYU drove all the way down the field. They had one last shot. They threw this beautiful pass across the middle, and that wide receiver he fought and fought and fought. And it was like that. Uh, that Rams was it the was it the Titans Rams Super Bowl where dude just fell short the one yard line. It was like that. I mean, dude was. I was like, oh, he's not gonna make it. So. Um, great game on their on their behalf. Um, Clemson, Virginia Tech was way closer than I expected. Um, Clemson was up 17-10 at the half. And in the second half, they answered, they scored 28 unanswered points. So they kind of put ramped it up uh, in the second half uh, to win that game. That's what 45 to 10. Uh, I think my math is correct. All right. Um, now week 15. So, <laughs> so I'm looking at my notes. I start off with 11 games, two got canceled, then another got canceled, then another got canceled. So now I'm down to seven games. So I make sure I'm reading my notes here to make sure I don't call a uh, pick a cancel game here. However, let's start at the top here. So it's rivalry week part two. So this is traditionally where we see most of the rivalry games. But again, because some of these games are out of you know, outer conference for some teams, many teams are not meeting things like, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, they would typically meet, you know, that's a, a, a interesting rivalry, but they're not going to meet this year. So as we said, most of the rivalries that we're seeing this, this year are conference-based. Um, so the 94th meeting between Arizona State and Arizona will occur in Tucson. That's for the Territorial Cup. Um, I believe Arizona State, I've got to check that. I have a three-game streak, but I can't remember who it is. I think it's Arizona's on a three-game streak. Wood Street? That doesn't sound right. Anyway, um, I'm going to take Arizona State. I'm going to take the uh, Sun Devils. They're 11-point favorites in this one. Um, on a slightly um, a similar note here, um, the number six uh, Arizona women's team played Arizona State a couple nights ago. Watched the first half of that game. Man, Adia Barnes has got a good team. I mean, they are going to get better as the season goes along, and they just laid the hammer on Arizona State. I mean, they just came out the gate. I mean, they came 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 on slow out the gate, but as the game as the half progressed, they were just you know draining threes. They were just making shots. Uh, Ari McDonald, she is a baller. She really has a great game. I'm very impressed with with her game. Um, 
UCLA, number 20 UCLA heads out to the to Pasadena to play UCLA at the Rose Bowl, the 90th meeting for the Victory Bell. Uh, that's your ABC game at 7.30 tonight. I'll take USC minus four. I mean, they are minus four. I'll take USC. Um, tonight, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network, the 102nd meeting between Virginia and Virginia Tech. So last year at home, Virginia broke the long losing streak to their arch rivals to bring back the Commonwealth Cup to, to Charlottesville. Now they go to Blacksburg, uh, Worsham Field at Lane Stadium. Uh, UVA is five and four. Virginia Tech is four and six, which sounds weird to say. Tech are two point favorites in this game. It, a lot of things are going to happen in this game. So Virginia has the opportunity to at least go six and four. Will they go bowling? Um, Tech. Looks like they're probably headed towards a uh, an under 500 season. I mean, regardless if they win or lose, um, but Virginia's trying to hold on to the Commonwealth Cup for another 365 days. Um, I'll take Virginia in this one. I mean, I think this game should be close. I mean, I don't want to give too much to tech i mean tech's a run team they don't throw the ball a lot down the field they do throw the ball but not a lot they depend on the run um virginia is a little a little depleted up front um more depleted on the on the defensive backside. but um i think virginia would i think that i mean you know rivalry games we always say throw the records out of the window so i think virginia's got enough in the tank Outside of you know just the, the just the juice of being just one to keep the cup and you know and of course it's a very heated rivalry whether you know it or not but I think they'll uh, prevail in this one but I think this will be a close game. Uh, Wisconsin goes to Iowa. Iowa's kind of been surprising me this year. Wisconsin has been a little disappointing. Iowa's a minus. Uh, they are one point favorite. I'll take Iowa in this one. Um, I want to talk about one canceled game. We heard a couple days ago, Michigan and Ohio State is canceled. And when I heard that, the jokes started flying because, again, everyone's going, well, you know, um, I think one tweet I saw was someone said, hey, um, Harbaugh told his players go lick every doorknob in Ann Arbor so we don't have to get get 100 hung on us. And it's 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 sad to, to say that um, that was going to be the big noon game on Fox because um, Ohio State, they were what, 29 point favorites in this one. Um, so for Harbaugh, so I had a poll a couple weeks ago um, and I asked what happens to Jim Harbaugh at season's end. Thirty four percent of you said he leaves for the NFL. Uh, close behind that, 33 percent of you said there was going to be a mutual parting. 22% said he was going to be fired and 11% said he's going to remain his coach because of this game. I think he leaves. There's going to be plenty of uh, NFL opportunities. And um, with that said, um, you know, he doesn't have a, he's got one year left on his contract. I think things are just so acrimonious. I mean, if he does stay, would it really be worth it for him to go out? I mean, if he stays, he has to make some changes on the staff. My thing is, is it even worth it at this point? Because, okay, you make all these changes and then you still have a terrible season. Then you've wasted everyone's time. You've hired people that more likely would not be retained by the next staff. And you've just lost a year in potentially another coaching job, more likely the NFL. I think Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL because whatever, what uh, Houston, 
like Houston, Detroit. Um, there's someone else I'm missing. People are talking about San Diego probably coming open. So there's going to, um, the Jets need to come open. As I said, the Jets just need to just tell everyone to take a hike and start over. So Harbaugh's out of there. He's going to walk away from this. He should. If he were smart, he should. Um, North Carolina, number 17 in the country, uh, goes to uh, Miami Gardens to take on number 10, Miami. I'll take North Carolina. Uh, Miami's three and a half point favorites. I'll take UNC in this one. Um, then there's Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So I just mentioned Vanderbilt a moment ago. They'll be playing with interim coach Todd Fitch. Um, and they'll be playing uh, at Vanderbilt against number uh, against Tennessee. Tennessee are 14 point favorites. This is the 115th meeting between these two uh, rivals. Um, I also talked about Jeremy Pruitt in the last episode, how he has a very, very hefty um, fee if he gets fired and his staff have a hefty fee if they get fired. Um, Tennessee would probably be better off just hanging in there and give Pruitt another year and just see how this thing goes. But, um, you know, maybe by then, if it goes horribly wrong next season, um, hopefully they'll have time to have raised enough money to, um, you know, pay him and the staff off and to go out and find a coach that, you know, is going to bring this program back because I think Pruitt, if I recall the correctly, Pruitt was probably like the third or fourth pick because they had some two good picks at the top and, I don't really understand fan bases. They fan bases typically, um, you know, usually, you know, they aren't supportive, but then they usually will, um, you know, I'm trying to find a nice way to say that the Tennessee fan base really wasn't helpful in this. I mean, the, the great Shiano situation was just ugly and, you know, Shiano, I think would have been a good pick and you know, they had some good picks, but, you know, when fan bases kind of start to react in such a way to say, we don't want this person. It's like, oh, my God, like, what are we doing here? I mean, you can, you know, give a guy a chance and see what happens. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, you know, folks were kind of lukewarm about Pruitt. I mean, the, the study season started out good after getting, you know, he got a big um, uh, bonus. Um, they renewed his contract. He got a big bonus. They started out two games and then they dropped uh, – a ton of games since then. So um, I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. I'm picking it, although these are two teams that are not doing very well. Um, lastly, on the slate, the 121st meeting of America's rivalry, Army and Navy. So as we said, this is under totally different circumstances. Navy goes to West Point. So it's the first time the game has been played at West Point since World War II. Um, college game day will be at West Point today. The game's at uh, 3 o'clock on CBS. Um, Army are six and a half point favorites. So Navy's three and six, Army seven and two. Again, throw the records out. These teams, they, you know, the, the rivalry is, you know, it's it's a big rivalry, um, a game that they look forward to every year. Most rivals do, but this is, you know, there's something special about this rivalry. Um, I'm take Army this year. Um, you know, Army's looking pretty good. I think that in their two losses, I know one of them they lost pretty badly, and one of them I think was kind of close if I recall correctly, but again, anything could happen in this game. So um, I'm liking Army in this one. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, so I don't know what I was going to say about this game, but anyway, um, but yeah, it's, it'll be fun game. So there's a lot of good stuff on for the um, college football today. Um, 
So last thing before we take a break, um, want to look at the college football playoff rankings. So over the last three weeks, the top four have been unchanged. So Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Um, from then behind them, number six, so six through 10, Texas A&M, number six, Florida, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Georgia, and Miami. So Miami has held position at 10 for the last couple weeks. Um, so numbers two and three could be impacted by the ACC championship game. So the ACC championship game will be December 19th. That'll be number three, Clemson versus number two, Notre Dame. So the rematch. So this will be in Charlotte, four o'clock on ABC. Um, so Bank of America Stadium. So the stadium will be at 7% capacity. So about 5,200 fans. They have to wear masks and social distance. Um, so Notre Dame's undefeated, Clemson's 9-1. The difference here will be Trevor Lawrence will play in this game. So how much of an impact will that have? Well, obviously a big impact. So what will Notre Dame do to mitigate that impact in order to stay undefeated and kind of change their lot in the college football rankings here? Um, Ohio State, because of the cancellation with Michigan and had one other cancellation, the Big Ten made a determination that Ohio State could play in the championship game, uh, play in the Big Ten championship game due to their win versus Indiana plus their undefeated. So the storyline read that they were going to change the minimum number of games rule for them, but because of those determinations, technically that really wasn't the correct way to state it. They had beat the right people. They were undefeated. So uh, December 19th, noon on Fox from Lucas Oil Stadium in, in Indianapolis, Northwestern, the Western Division champions of the Big Ten, uh, number 14 in the country at 5-1, will play number four Ohio State at 5-0. and um, Just saw an article on ESPN asking, is Northwestern ready? We'll see. Uh, we'll kind of kind of have some um, analysis of that um, hopefully soon. Um, we'll, we'll see if I'm still going to be broadcasting, recording that late. I'm hoping to try to wrap the season up hopefully in the next week or two. But you kind of have the, the lay of the land as it stands here. Um, other championship games that Saturday, uh, the SEC, Florida, number one versus number six. I'm sorry, number one, Alabama versus number six, Florida. 8 o'clock on CBS, December 19th. That's from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So, you know, two teams that, you know, typically have that have history in the SEC championship. Um, and two of their quarterbacks are Heisman Trophy um, candidates. Um, the finalists will be announced on the 24th of December. I'll talk about that a little bit, just a little bit in a moment. Um, and then, of course, the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma, number 11, with their start. They managed to get to the Big 12 championship. They'll play number seven, Iowa State. That's noon from Arlington, Texas, from Jerry's World. Um, so, again, lots of you know, stuff happening with these championship games, the so championship Saturday. Plus, there'll be other makeup games that'll be happening uh, on that particular day here. All right, so I'm going to take a quick break. I'll come back, briefly mention some stuff about the Heisman Trophy. So, look at the candidates. As we said, they're not going to make any announcements until Christmas Eve. And then briefly, uh, some college basketball stuff. Uh, talk a little bit about, about Coach K. Some comments that he made have been questioned. And then we'll put a bow on this.
right, Batman break here. So uh, let's shift gears quickly. We'll talk a little bit uh, more football here, and then we'll talk uh, basketball, finish off with college basketball. So the Heisman Trophy. So we've got five guys who are your current candidates. So of the candidates, four of them are quarterbacks, one wide receiver. So your top three. So Matt Jones, junior quarterback from Alabama. So he's thrown for 3,113 yards, 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, Kyle Trask, the senior from Florida. So he came, he had a breakout season last year. So um, after the transfer of Felipe Franks, he uh, actually injury to Felipe Franks, then he transferred for this season. He came on uh, senior, 3,243 yards, 38 touchdowns and three interceptions. And then, of course, Trevor Lawrence. So when you look at Trevor Lawrence's numbers, remember, he missed two games due to COVID. So he's a junior from Clemson, 2,413 yards, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. So the thing is, the interceptions are very low, you know, but the the, the numbers are very good. Um, in fourth position is the senior wide receiver from Alabama, Devonta Smith. He has 80 receptions, 1,305 yards and 15 touchdowns now. When you think about wide receivers, haven't been a lot of wide receivers who won the Heisman Trophy. And there's one reason for that. Or in this current day and age, you don't have a lot of wide receivers who are doing things like Desmond Howard did. Desmond Howard was a wide receiver and a kick returner. So when you can kind of get those multi-purpose yards in that way and do it in the way that he did it, you know, you would have to, in this day and age, be a dynamic wide receiver. So, and the other thing you have to do is you have to have a quarterback who's, Okay, you know, a quarterback can get you the ball. Considering that Devonta Smith is getting the ball from Mac Jones, Mac Jones, from a from two perspectives, he's outperforming him in a yards he's throwing. So he's toss, he's throwing the ball. He's the guy. He's the centerpiece of the team. He's the you know he's quarterback. And then sadly, that's how Heisman voters think. They're going to think, okay, we're going to give it to the quarterback. Number one, number two. The other thing about the Heisman Trophy that kind of irks me is, you know, we're going to give it to the best player in football, which when you say best player in football, that's across the entire sport. In other words, it always goes to an offensive player. One time went to a defensive player, but why don't they look at every player out there? It could be a punter. I mean, I'm just saying it. The trophy reads the best player in college football. Secondly, it always goes to a player on a team that's on a winning team. That's only happened once or twice that the best player in college football was not on a winning team. So I kind of feel like the way I kind of feel like Heisman voting has kind of gotten a little diluted and skewed. Uh, And plus it's regional. So, you know, most of the votes will probably fall in a regional fashion. So considering that you've got all these, uh, Midwest and East Coast people because Justin Fields is fifth on the list. Uh, I'll kind of get to him in a second. Who are the folks out West going to vote for? Who, you know, the Midwest folks will probably vote for uh, Justin Fields. Um, the folks in the North and the South, I mean, the South, it's going to split between Jones, Trask, and Lawrence and Smith. But depending on how the votes go, they're going to announce the finalists. It's usually three to four people who will go to New York or in this case, who will be available virtually for the announcement in January. I forget the date, but it will be in January. Um, 
So fifth on the list is Justin Fields. So he's a junior junior quarterback at Ohio State. He's only thrown for 1,407 yards, 15 touchdowns, and three interceptions. So right now, you know, it looks like it's probably going to be right now currently three quarterbacks will be your, your finalists. So more likely Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and Trevor Lawrence. And then from there, who knows, um, it's anyone's game. I mean, looking at the way Trask has played and Mac Jones just kind of made a progression up you know he he came in with a lot of you know positives as the season started and you can see him getting better and better as the season uh went along i mean people knew he was good but he's really turned it on as the season has started so you know it's it's hard to say i'm not really sure if trevor lawrence is going to get it this time i think it might be a two-man race between uh matt jones and kyle trask all right, so let's switch gears here to college basketball. So briefly, um, this past week, the ACC Big Ten Challenge went off. So uh, there are 14 games. Three of them were canceled. So NC State and Michigan, Louisville and Wisconsin, and the highly awaited matchup between Michigan State and Virginia. Um, so the Hauser brothers, Joey and Sam, they transferred from Marquette two seasons ago. Uh, Joey went to Michigan State. Sam is uh, at Virginia, so they would have been uh, playing against each other. That would have been fun to watch. Um, but the games that did go off, the Big Ten were the winners of this year's challenge. Your winners, Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, Rutgers, Minnesota, and Ohio State. From the ACC, Miami, Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, and Pitt won. So the, the Big Ten were clearly the winners this year in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Now, let's look at this Illinois team. So Illinois, I believe, is currently ranked sixth in the nation. They went to Cameron and they beat Duke. And that is unusual. I mean, this is a very unusual season. Um, they said no fans in Cameron this year. Um, so that home advantage is taken away in some regards. Um, Illinois, they look like a very good veteran team. I mean, they got size, they shoot well. Um, and you know, Duke is, you know, they're, they're young, they've got some veteran guys, but they're starting some freshmen. They're not looking like a typical Duke team. Uh, coach K has been saying that they're going to get better as the season goes along. But, um, this week he made some comments where he said, you know, the NCAA would probably do themselves a favor by slowing this thing down, by maybe reconsidering the speed at which the season's going along. So, of course, you know that, you know, the jokes came up. I mean, I, I admit I laughed and said, OK, you know, you know, the timing of this was terrible that, you know, they dropped what, two two non-conference games and now it's, oh, boy, you know, let's 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 fire up the alarm now. There are people who are out here going, oh, it's ironic that Coach K wants to say this now. And he's lost two games to be fair. If you go back and read some interviews, if you go back and watch some of his press conferences prior to the start of the season, he did say that it would probably be best to either delay the start of the season or schedule a little differently. He did say that. So, I mean, I'm no, I'm no Duke apologist. I am no Duke fan. However, to be fair, let's be fair here. He said it. Rick Pitino said it. Rick Pitino said, let's delay the start of the season and have May Madness. So, I mean, I get it. You know, it's easy to pile on Coach K. I mean, look, again, I've said it before, the man's a legend. I'm not a Duke fan, but I appreciate how he coaches, what he does. I mean, you can't argue with the success. You can't. And 
he gets a lot of criticism for a lot of stuff. I get it. But like I said, it's not like he just decided, okay, I'm going to start speeding up now. He's been speeding up beforehand. So that's not new. But um, I do appreciate that because, again, like I said, you know, what is the landscape going to look like next year? Because these seasons, you know, the NFL season is going to try to finish. Try. Um, college basketball is going to continue potentially into March where potentially maybe a bubble could be developed. Again, is that going to happen? Um, baseball is going to start up again. What about college spring sports? So we still have to deal with this moving forward. You know, these um, sports leagues and governing bodies are going to push for athletics to continue. So then what do we do to protect players? But it seems to me, and I think Coach K made this point, that there's the leadership's not there. Like someone has to take the leadership role to say, okay, here's the way forward. Here's how we do this. Because I think this year, many people want a champion to be decided. And I think it's fair considering last season it didn't happen. Um, a lot of players were given the the option to return. Okay. And I think that will probably be extended again this year. But if we're going to crown a champion, because again, I think this will be, and I'll kind of talk a little bit more about this uh, a little bit later, probably more so in the end of the year show that, you know, which championships will have asterisks by them. I think college basketball will be one of them, considering how college basketball has to be in college football because of the way in which the determination is made as to who gets to play. So, again, there are a lot of factors that go into that, as you probably know. But, you know, they've looked at a lot of different models, you know, having a 64-team tournament, a 32-team tournament, even a 16-team tournament. So if you're going to, if, if things get so bad that they have to dilute it that bad, I don't know if that really tells us who's the best team in college basketball. So that says that there needs to be, again, more, um, you know, again, more leadership in trying to figure out how to play safely if we play safely and the way forward. So we've got protocols as to how the NBA did their, what they did. I think the NBA is, you know, from what they did from this past season, they're kind of the standard right now, but how do you make that work for college students? That's going to be very difficult. I think that's been said, but you know, I think the, you know, I think Alabama's head coach, Nate Oates kind of chimed in. He, I think he's the only coach who said what a lot of people are thinking and I'm kind of going, dude, don't do that. Don't do that, dude. I mean, look, I get it. But, you know, the criticism is not warranted because he said it early. No one else said it. Though Him and Rick Pitino were the only two folks who've spoken up that that I've known that have been publicly saying, look, we got to slow this down. You know, um, you know, let's not play the season. Let's delay the season. Um, since those comments, Coach K has canceled the rest of the non-conference schedule and they're going to pick up and play Notre Dame starting their conference schedule um, very soon here. So, you know, again, I just really think that, you know, the criticism is not necessary, but we shall see how this plays out, you know, because a lot of people are going to say, okay, let's see what happens. You know, when they play Notre Dame, are they going to be the same team? You know, you know, I, because this isn't the end of it. People are going to still have comments. If they lose Notre Dame, then people are going to be like, well, you got your delay. It didn't work. So, I mean, but I think 
the two things have nothing to do with one another. But again, um, that is, you know, I, I, my hat's off to Coach K. I, I tip my hat to him because, again, he's doing he's doing something difficult. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be more to his benefit and the player's benefit because they're being protected. They're, he's doing what he thinks isn't getting done by the NCAA. And as I've talked about on a previous episode, the NCAA's um, governing structure is a hot mess. I mean, you can go on their website and look at how it's all set up. Yeah, you need a roadmap for the roadmap. It's terrible. And um, there has been a proposal from the Knight Commission to separate uh, Division One football from the rest of the NCAA. That's going to be crazy if that happens. So, I mean, a lot of things are happening at the NCAA level, but I think the NCAA just needs to just blow it up blow up that whole structure and start over. They just need to revamp it so it works better, it flows better, and there's more direction. So kind of going back to when college football started, you know, coach like Mac Brown who said he is really upset that there's no commissioner of college football. And he makes a good point that each sport or there should be a commissioner over NCAA sports. Maybe, you know, you have commissioner over fall sports, spring sports, winter sports, whatever. And then they can delegate, you know, kind of like an athletic director in college. They, you know, the athletic directors over the whole university, but they have um, senior uh, 80s who are with a specific sport. So maybe you have an AD over all fall sports, winter sports and spring sports, and then they delegate, okay, I want these how many people so you have one ad or maybe for football because it's so big maybe you have two on the 80s or two um commissioners over college football maybe division one one or division two whatever whatever and one over college basketball and then they chair the the committee for the ncaa tournament i don't know or you leave that to an ad with you know all the people who are going to pick whatever but you know the 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 there has to be some changes in the NCAA because, you know, I can I can see it now more clearly. The more I read, the more I do, you know, these kinds of deep deep dives into some of the topics that are happening in sports. That there needs to be more leadership, and it's lacking. And now more than ever, the leadership is needed because um, you know it's being left to individual schools. Conferences are doing what they can, but even conferences have to talk to all the ADs in their conference to say, okay, here's what we're thinking about doing, or does anyone have a nice way to do this? What's your protocol for this? You know, there has to be unified protocols for uh, dealing with this because, you know, this is new, you know, you know, playing in a pandemic. I mean, why are we doing it? Number one, but if we got to do it, you know, we do it the best way, the safest way possible. And if a coach comes out and says, you know, I want to do these things, we're not going to play because of these items. I'm not mad at them because at the end of the day, you sat in a young man, a young woman's living room with their parents. And you said that you were going to make sure that whatever they did was going to be in their best interest. So if you got to cancel some games in order to ensure that that kid is healthy, can play and continue to be a student athlete, then I'm all for it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for this early Saturday morning. It's about 
20 minutes to 8. So game, college game day will be on in a little while. They'll be, as I said, at West Point. So I always look forward to that show because I, I know that Lee Corso hasn't been traveling with the college game day crew this year due to COVID. But I'm sure he'll be up bright, bright, bright eyed and bushy tail wearing his his uh, his arm, his West Point robe and kind of waxing poetic about his time as a Navy assistant. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that you're looking forward to today's games. Um, I'm sure there's some college basketball on the day. I haven't looked at the schedule, but, you know, whatever you watch today, football, basketball, whatever you look at today, please enjoy it. Um, if you like the show, please uh, subscribe, review, you know, pass the word on, um, check out my older episodes and uh, I'm trying to make the episodes a little shorter. I've noticed that my hour episodes aren't getting a lot of traction, but I do want to make sure that I'm giving you guys, you know, enough information, you know, kind of just talking about all these things as comprehensively as possible. But, um, you know, send me a voicemail, hit me up on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, hopefully I try to get back to, at you all first part of the week, talk a little college basketball. So we'll kind of reset the table for the week with uh, men's and women's basketball polls, some games of the week, and then looking forward to the end of the college football season. So until then, have a great weekend. The season of the Sports Wagon podcast is slowly coming to an end for the holiday season. So keep your eyes and ears out for the end of the year show coming very soon. Thank you. Have a great day.